This spring, if you'd rather spend time enjoying your lawn instead of trying to keep it alive, there's good news. True Green is the easiest and most affordable way to get a beautiful lawn. All you have to do is water and mow, and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and even some things you might not even think of. They'll do all of it, while you can do literally anything else. With True Green, you could have your lawn looking as good as a putting green. That's not hyperbole. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour. True Green offers a satisfaction guarantee, and they have a verified best price promise, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people guaranteed. This episode is brought in part to you by Audible, your go-to destination for thrilling audio entertainment. Whether you're looking for a hair-raising experience to enjoy while you're on the move or eager to dive into sinister and shocking tales, Audible has an exclusive collection of thrillers from best-selling authors that will keep you on the edge of your seat. Like James Patterson's first audio-only thriller, The Coldest Case. Experience stories like never before, where every chilling detail is brought to life by captivating sound design. Plus, as an Audible member, choose one title a month to make yours forever. And now, new members can try Audible free for 30 days. Just visit audible.com slash WonderyPod or text WonderyPod to 500-500. That's audible.com slash WonderyPod or text WonderyPod to 500-500. A story of betrayal you would struggle to believe if it wasn't true. Listen to Blood is Thicker, the Hargan family killings, wherever you get your podcasts. Tonight, remembering General Colin Powell, the trailblazing soldier and diplomat who died after battling cancer and COVID. The legacy of America's first black secretary of state and top military officer who advised four U.S. presidents and shaped American policy for decades. He rose to the highest ranks not only in the military, but also in, in areas of foreign policy and statecraft. Plus, after Powell's death, a new look at the immunocompromised people in the U.S. and the risks they face with COVID even when fully vaccinated. Americans kidnapped in Haiti. The FBI and State Department join the effort to free more than a dozen Americans, including five children. What we're learning about the gang who took them. Vaccine protests. Some California parents vow to keep their children home instead of following the governor's vaccine mandate. The Arbery trial. The scene outside the court as jury selection begins for three men charged with murdering Ahmad Arbery while he jogged in Georgia. What his mother is saying tonight about justice. Deadly police ambush. The manhunt tonight for the gunman who shot three deputies in Houston, killing a new father just off paternity leave. And Tony Bennett. Book of World Records again. This is the CBS Evening News with Nora O'Donnell, reporting from the nation's capital. Good evening and thank you for joining us. We are going to begin tonight with the passing of an American patriot. Colin Powell died today of complications from COVID and multiple myeloma, a rare blood cancer. He was 84 years old. In so many ways, he was the embodiment of the American dream. 
the son of Jamaican immigrants and a soldier who rose through the ranks to become the nation's top military officer and later the Secretary of State. He was the first black American to hold those positions, and he had a profound impact on foreign policy in both Republican and Democratic administrations. Well, tonight, flags are at half-staff across the nation's capital. President Biden said Powell believed in the promise of America because he lived it. Former President George W. Bush called him highly respected at home and abroad. And most important, Colin Powell was a family man and a friend. In a moment, we'll take a closer look at the illnesses that Powell battled. We're going to begin with a look back at his remarkable life. Here's CBS's David Parton. Already dealing with cancer, Colin Powell succumbed to the coronavirus this morning at Walter Reed where he had been hospitalized since last Monday. The 84-year-old was a role model for younger African-Americans like Defense Secretary Lloyd Austin. The world lost one of the greatest leaders that we have ever witnessed. And I lost uh, a tremendous personal friend and mentor. He's not only a dear friend and a patriot, one of our great military leaders and a man of overwhelming decency. Raised in Harlem in the Bronx as a child of immigrant parents, Powell joined the ROTC program at City College of New York, became a soldier, did two tours in Vietnam, and went on to become one of this country's most prominent leaders. First black national security advisor, first black chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff, first black secretary of state. He considered a run to become the first black president but decided he didn't have the political fire in his belly. I will not be a candidate for president or for any other elective office in 1996. Powell became a household name during the first Gulf War when he pointed at a map showing the location of the Iraqi army. Our strategy to go after this army is very, very simple. First, we're going to cut it off, and then we're going to kill it. Desert Storm, as it was called, lasted just seven weeks. And in an interview on the 25th anniversary of the war, Powell acknowledged it may have created a false impression that the next war would be just as quick. Do you think Desert Storm created unrealistic expectations about what military force can... It may have in the mind of some. It didn't uh, in in my mind. Uh, I understood the nature of that war, how limited it was, and it wasn't a model of what we can do in every other conflict that comes along. He developed the Powell Doctrine, a series of questions to be asked before the United States goes to war. One of them, is there a plausible exit strategy to avoid endless entanglement, stands out as a red flag, warning against the invasions of Afghanistan and Iraq. Powell was Secretary of State then and delivered a key speech at the U.N., outlining what turned out to be false intelligence that Saddam Hussein was hiding weapons of mass destruction. Every statement I make today is backed up by sources, solid sources. What we're giving you are facts and conclusions based on solid intelligence. Powell later told a friend that speech was a black mark on my record that will never go away. But that didn't stop presidential candidates from craving his endorsement. And although he rose to the top under Republican presidents, he ended up endorsing two Democrats who became president, Barack Obama and Joe Biden. Nora? 
David Martin, thank you. We want to bring in Dr. Megan Rennie to talk more about General Colin Powell's death. She's an emergency room doctor at Brown University. Doctor, thanks so much for joining us. I think people were surprised to learn that he died from complications of COVID-19, even though he was fully vaccinated. But how much did the cancer he was battling compromise his immune system? It's quite likely that the cancer, multiple myeloma, was a major factor in the vaccines not working for him. That specific kind of cancer is a cancer of the blood cells. So the very cells that are supposed to fight off COVID and that are supposed to create antibodies in response to the vaccine weren't working well. In addition, it's highly possible that he was on immunosuppressants, things like steroids or immunotherapy, which also make the vaccine not work so well. So I wouldn't blame this on the vaccine, but rather, unfortunately, on his underlying health care condition. General Powell was 84 years old. How much was age a factor? Age was likely a large factor when you combine age with an underlying health condition that makes the vaccines not work as well. That was unfortunately a fatal combination when he got exposed to COVID. And General Powell's spokesperson confirmed he had not yet had his third shot. Do you think that played a factor? It may have. You know, we've been recommending boosters for people who are immunosuppressed, including folks who have cancer, are on chemo, are on other immunosuppressants. If you are in one of those high-risk groups, please do go out and get your booster. Well, Dr. Rennie, thank you for answering so many questions that so many people have about this. Thank you. Thank you. And tonight, the FBI and U.S. State Department have joined efforts to free 17 missionaries who've been kidnapped in Haiti. Violence and crime have spun out of control there since Haiti's president was assassinated in July. Well, CBS's Manuel Bohorkas reports tonight from the capital, Port-au-Prince. Tonight, the fate of the missionaries who were kidnapped while on a visit to this orphanage outside Port-au-Prince remains unknown. One of Haiti's most violent gangs abducted 16 Americans, including five children and one Canadian Saturday. Five of the kidnapped missionaries are from Michigan. CBS News obtained a WhatsApp message from a person who claimed to have been in contact with the abducted group. It reads in part, please pray for us. We're being harassed, kidnapped. They have control of our vehicle. A senior law enforcement official tells CBS News FBI tactical teams are in Port-au-Prince to assist with the hostage-taking situation. Authorities believe the group was kidnapped by the notorious gang known as 400 Mawozo, who often kidnap entire busloads of people for ransom. Kidnappings in the country have increased nearly 300 percent between July and September, with at least 221 abductions recorded. Today, Haitians took to the streets to protest the conditions here. There is so much frustration in the streets here, and the poverty creates a fertile breeding ground for the gangs. So many young men without jobs who can be easily recruited. What needs to happen is somebody with bigger guns needs to come in than the gangs. Linda works with children in Haiti and asked us not to mention her last name for fear of retaliation. She says the children she works with have a special prayer before leaving the house. Our girls, that's been their prayer. Mommy Linda, please pray that we will be invisible. And so that when we walk the streets, we won't be taken. And yet they are. Organizations like hers are now debating whether they can continue to operate in Haiti or will have to leave behind those they are trying to help. Also tonight, Nora, we obtained a phone number for the leader of the 400 Mwazo gang. When we called, a man picked up, but when we identified ourselves as CBS News, 
The conversation ended. Nora. Manny Bohorkas, stay safe. Thank you. We want to turn to Georgia now, where the process of picking a jury in the Ahmaud Arbery case is now underway. Arbery's killing was horrified America. It was caught on video, remember, as he was chased while on a run. Well, CBS's Omar Villafranca reports tonight from Brunswick, Georgia. Outside the courthouse, protesters demanded justice for Ahmaud Arbery. Inside the courtroom, the judge swore in prospective jurors as the trial of the three men charged with killing Arbery gets underway. You shall give true answers to all questions that may, may be asked by the court or its authority. Prosecutors say Arbery was jogging in the Satilla Shores neighborhood of Brunswick last February when Travis McMichael, his father Gregory McMichael, and neighbor William Roddy Bryan chased the 25-year-old, then shot and killed him. Defense attorneys say the men thought he was a burglary suspect. An arrest wasn't made until months later when this cell phone video of the final confrontation taken by Brian was leaked. Now, all three men face murder, aggravated assault, and false imprisonment charges. Lee Merritt is one of the attorneys representing the Arbery family in a civil case. I think that we have a shot at justice here. I know the prosecutor's office is, is motivated. Ahmad just wasn't a jogger that was jogging in a neighborhood in South Georgia. Ahmad was actually my son. Ahmad was loved. Wanda Cooper Jones, Arbery's mother, says after more than a year of heartache, she's ready for healing. This day means a lot to me. Thinking back when Ahmad was first killed, we went through three prosecutors, we went through no arrests, and we finally made it this far. So this morning, I'm very grateful. The McMichaels and Roddy Bryant have pleaded not guilty. 1,000 people were sent to jury summons, but the process of whittling that down to 12 jurors and four alternates could take as long as two weeks. Nora? Omar Villafranca, thank you. Well, today, former President Trump sued the Congressional Committee investigating the deadly January 6th assault on the U.S. Capitol. He wants to block the committee from getting his administration's records from the National Archives, calling the investigation an illegal fishing expedition that he says violates the constitutional separation of powers. All right. Tonight, two out of every three Americans eligible for covid shots are now fully vaccinated. Some who aren't continue to dig in their heels and are protesting against vaccine mandates. We get more on this from CBS's Carter Evans. Small but vocal groups of California parents are pushing back against a statewide mandate requiring all students be vaccinated as soon as they're eligible and the FDA gives full approval. I think that we should have the right to be able to choose whether or not we want our kids to be injected with antifreeze and formaldehyde. That's not accurate, and it's the kind of misinformation some parents are falling victim to, according to Dr. Peter Hotez. Can you explain how this is not an experiment on children? Research and development for over a decade went into this current generation of COVID vaccines. So these are as well vetted and tested as just about any vaccines uh, we, we've ever used. Today is the deadline in Washington state for public employees, health care workers and school employees to be fully vaccinated or risk losing their jobs. Governor Inslee says he will not delay the deadline. This is the last time you'll hear me in a state patrol car and Jay Inslee can kiss my in Chicago, the police union says more than a third of officers still have not reported they're vaccinated, and their union leader is urging them to hold the line. I really hope that the men and women of the Chicago Police Department are not going to ruin their careers 
over going to a website and saying yes or no. Nationwide, 18 states and the District of Columbia have vaccine mandates for at least some state workers. But Washington, Oregon and Massachusetts are the only states that won't allow opting out of the vaccine with a weekly test. Do you think we can get to the level we need to be at as far as vaccinations are concerned with these mandates? No. Ultimately, we're still going to need cooperation with uh, the governors and elected leaders of uh, states that are not buying into it at this point. And we've got new information on those booster shots tonight. The New York Times is now reporting the FDA is going to allow Americans to mix and match shots. That means if you got the Johnson & Johnson shot first, you could now get the Pfizer or Moderna. The government still will not recommend one shot over another. Nora. Carter Evans, thank you very much. We want to turn now to the intense manhunt for the gunman who opened fire on three deputies in Texas. One who had recently became a father was killed. CBS's Janet Shamlian is in Houston tonight. Tonight, law enforcement is asking the public for help in identifying the gunman they say ambushed three county sheriff's deputies, killing one and injuring the others. And all three law enforcement officers were ambushed by this individual. Uh, they, were, they were just totally ambushed. The officers were working a side security job outside a sports bar. Two were shot from behind with an assault-type rifle as they tried to detain someone about 2 a.m. Saturday. The third was fired on when he came running to help. We're going to make it right, and uh, I hope that swift justice comes quickly for this individual. Deputy Kareem Atkins, a father of two, died from his injuries. The 30-year-old just returned from paternity leave. 26-year-old Jacquem Bartham was shot in the foot, and 28-year-old Daryl Garrett is in critical condition. Laja Richardson is his fiance. They weren't just co-workers. Right, they were brothers. They did everything together. Fellow officers are devastated by the news. Leger Richardson says she hasn't had the heart to tell her fiance about his co-worker yet, calling Atkins an officer respected by all. He's a very wonderful person, very genuine. Whatever you need, he's going to come through for you. And that's why everyone is heartbroken. As for Deputy Garrett, he has gone into yet another surgery here at the hospital tonight. He remains on a ventilator. Nationwide, more than 130 law enforcement officers have died in the line of duty just this year. Nora. Janet Shamlian, thank you. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Today, the Biden administration asked the U.S. Supreme Court for an emergency halt to the new Texas abortion restrictions. That law effectively bans abortions after six weeks and allows private citizens to sue anyone who helps a woman get an abortion. The Biden administration calls it, quote, clearly unconstitutional. Tonight, former President Bill Clinton is back home in New York after being released from a California hospital following treatment for an infection. The 42nd president walked slowly, arm in arm with his wife, Hillary, and shaking hands with doctors and nurses. All right. Tony Bennett has sung his way into the Guinness Book of World Records. 
With the release of his new album with Lady Gaga, Love for Sale, the 95-year-old legend is now the oldest person to release an album of new songs. Lady Gaga, six decades younger, says she sees a young boy every time she sings with him, while also appreciating the wisdom of his years. Throughout his remarkable life, Colin Powell broke barrier after barrier. And in doing so, he always kept his focus on giving back to our country. Here's CBS's Jim Axelrod. After 35 years of wearing the uniform and four more as Secretary of State, Colin Powell wasn't done serving. It was my whole life, uh, and I still perform service to America, but in a different way now. Helping at-risk kids through his foundation, America's Promise, the alliance of organizations he and his wife Alma founded to offer the chance to serve to the next generation. And so I think service to country should be an essential part of every citizen's makeup. If it's not in the military, maybe it's working with young people. Maybe it's just doing something to help your community. Because as we consider how Colin Powell lived his life, two words sum it up best. Selfless service. People look to you and they trust you because you're serving selflessly as the leader, not self-serving, selflessly. In many ways, Colin Powell was ahead of his time. This selfie was taken nearly 70 years ago, but he was also a throwback. All of us owe something to our country for what our country has given to us, and we can never repay it in full measure. We can only try. A man who talked of old-fashioned values and walked through his life, reflecting them as well. Jim Axelrod, CBS News, New York. Colin Powell was one of the most kind and inspiring leaders I've ever met. Tomorrow, what does it mean for public safety that some police officers and firefighters are resisting vaccines? I'm Nora O'Donnell, and we'll see you tomorrow. Good night. It was the biggest scandal in pop music. The stars of Milli Vanilli, the Grammy-winning multi-platinum R&B phenomenon, were exposed as frauds. But none of this was their idea. So whose idea was it? Enter German music producer Frank Farian. He saw the success of acts like Michael Jackson and Prince, and he wanted in, no matter the cost. So he devised the perfect pop heist. Two once-in-a-lifetime talents who were charismatic, full of sex appeal, and phenomenal dancers. The only problem? They couldn't sing. But Frank knew just how to fix that. Wondery's new podcast, Blame It on the Fame, dives into one of pop music's greatest controversies and takes a never-before-heard look at the exploitation of two young Black artists. Millie Vanilli set the world on fire, but when the truth came out, Rob and Fab were the only ones who got burned. Looking back now, it's hard not to wonder, why did everyone blame them and not the man pulling the strings? Follow Blame It on the Fame, Millie Vanilli, on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can binge all episodes of Blame It on the Fame early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery+. Plus. Hi, it's Stephen Colbert, and I'm here to tell you about The Late Show Pod Show, which is the podcast of The Late Show with me, Stephen Colbert. And I'm here with my uh, producer of the podcast, Becca. Hi, Becca. Hi, Stephen. So what do people get when they listen to The Late Show Pod Show? Let's, let's sell this thing. The extended moments, for sure, because we run out of time for broadcast, but we have plenty of time on the podcast. It's kind of like being a live audience member of the show because you get things that no one else hears. Listen to The Late Show Pod Show with Stephen Colbert wherever you get your podcasts.